Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Ann Stickney. I don't usually host, but I'm still hosting for now. And I've got my regular other host with me. That'd be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. How's it going? Hello, everyone. Maple syrup is coming for your homes and lives. Look out. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm never going to stop making references to the pre-show in the show. I'm never yeah. going to stop. The pre-show was an interesting um, tale of the maple syrup mafia, which is something I didn't know about, but... Canada's real wild, y'all, you know. To be fair, it's not the mafia. It's a state-controlled consortium. The two things are related. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, what we do on this show is we talk about Blizzard news and views and everything else. And we have some stuff to discuss today, I think. Uh, Particularly given, I mean, okay, look... The biggest story, everybody's talking about it, and we're going to go ahead and talk about it too. Yesterday, Activision Blizzard had their earnings call for quarter one, I believe. Was yeah, it the I first, think so. first quarter? Yeah, okay. Uh, they had their earnings call, and simultaneously as they were having their earnings call, they laid off an extraordinary number of people, like an astonishing, a, a shocking number of employees throughout Blizzard and throughout Activision as well. I think about um, 800 people throughout the entire company. 8% of their workforce. 8%. And yeah. they were reporting record numbers as far as like, they pulled in record numbers last year. It was like a record, it was a banner year for Activision Blizzard. And they decided to go ahead and compensate for that by getting rid of a lot of people. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to say that that's exactly how it's set up. Because that's not how it was set up. How it was set up and how it was couched was something very different. So here's what happened. Activision Blizzard had record numbers and everything else, but they also looked at the situation and said, we aren't putting out enough games. We need to focus on putting out more games. And in order to put out more games, we need more developers to make those games. So we can't afford to just flat out hire a bunch of new developers So what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of the people that aren't working directly on game development and use what we saved from there to hire 20% more development staff. Now, if you look at it at a flat numbers kind of way, I guess that makes sense. It sounds like it makes sense, but that doesn't really cover or compensate for the fact that 800 people just lost their jobs yesterday. Well, not only that, not only that, um, it's kind of, it's all well and good to say, you know, we're not making enough games and we need more people to work on making games. But A, games don't get made in a throw more bodies at them game automatically happens faster sort of way. No. As we've seen looking at, you know, one example, when they were putting out Warlords of Draenor, they they heavily increased the staff working on World of Warcraft and yet they slowed down. They didn't speed up. 
Why is that? Because when you are working on a project like that and you add more staff, they have to get up to speed. They have to ramp up. You can't just throw them in the deep end expect them to know how to do everything the way you do it and get all your systems just cooking immediately. It takes time. So that's problem number one with the idea that they're just going to hire more developers and then they can make more games. Problem number two is that to make a game, you need people who do not do game development. Uh, one of the you need stuff like community management is hugely important and is often undervalued. Uh, that's it's actually an incredibly undersold and undersung thing that that makes or breaks games. What's the difference between say Overwatch and Paladins? Uh, Paladins didn't have that community off the ground the way Overwatch did. Then that's you know Paladins is still out there right now. It's got different. You know, it's got different IP happening. It's actually starting to build up a following, but it didn't take off the way Overwatch did because it didn't have that community team that Overwatch had. Uh, I I don't feel like this argument is actually going to work. It doesn't really jive no. with what I've seen in the past. How long have we been doing this? Oh, God. 12 um, years? A long time. But, I mean, yeah. when you look at it, when you just kind of step back at it and give it a flat look as somebody who has never played a video game in their life maybe and doesn't understand what it takes to make a title okay if you're just doing flat math yeah okay the math adds up but that still doesn't yeah i'm not happy and the thing is is like i'm not unhappy with blizzard i don't hate blizzard i can't hate blizzard because to me blizzard isn't these people in suits that are making these decisions blizzard is the giant giant group of people that are putting out the games that I love to play and they're a really amazing cool group of people who are really passionate about what they do and love what they do and love making sure that what they put out is the best possible thing that they can put out and they love it with all their hearts and it shows it shows in every game that they put out there are little touches here and there that show that somebody worked on this who absolutely loved it and it's not just somebody it's hundreds and hundreds it's thousands of somebody's that's yeah who blizzard is to me and that's who blizzard has always been to me that blizzard didn't make this call well i mean it's pretty obvious the call comes from the activision blizzard board of directors it comes um, from a bunch of dudes comes... in suits <laughs> it comes from a bunch well, of dudes just... in suits <laughs> it's not just that it comes from dudes in suits that is absolutely true but it's not coming from it's not even coming from the, the blizzard management level because those are dudes in suits um, but those dudes in suits aren't even the ones making these calls. The call is coming from ultimately any any publicly traded company has has stockholders and a board of directors. And the way they're set up, maximizing profit for those shareholders is the number one priority legally for a publicly traded corporation. That's why you get decisions like this that you look at them and you're like, what? This is awful. But it makes sense purely from that obligational standpoint, which is not – we're not here for a critique. You know, We're not here for Matt Rossi critiques capitalism. That's not why this show exists. It's not what you listen to it for. So I'm not going to sit here and, and belabor it. But this is a decision that makes financial sense to return on an investment because had they just announced we've had the best year ever but we didn't quite hit our projected goal, that by itself is not what investors want to hear. Investors want to hear in a case like that, they want to hear what are you doing to save costs? What do you, if you want to expand and make more games, what are you doing to make that possible? What decisions have you made that will make that happen? So I can continue to have confidence. You're going to keep making me money. Oh, I've heard a lot of people make the reference to back in 2011, uh, Nintendo's board and Nintendo's president took pay cuts. So they didn't have to lay people off. Would that have been nice? Yeah. I think in this case, there's a lot of reasons why that might have been something someone should have considered, but I am not. And as they'll tell you, I am not important and I do not have any kind of pull there. That's not my decision. It's not the people who work at Blizzard's decision. Uh, here's it is, here's the thing. I am upset. We'll just put it in. We'll couch it that way. I am upset. I'm not happy. I know that there are lots and lots and lots of other people that are not happy that don't work for blizzard what we're feeling right now is probably the barest inkling of what those 800 people felt when they got pulled into that meeting room yesterday 
and it's probably the barest inkling of what the people left behind are feeling when they went to work today because they still have their jobs but they had to watch their friends and family get the axe so I don't like I said I can't be angry at Blizzard because Blizzard to me has never been those financial dudes that are making those kind of calls Blizzard has always been that group of people that's making games I am upset for them but I mean I love those guys of course I do I love their games <laughs> how can you not how can you not love people who are that passionate about what they're doing so really I know there's a lot of people that are slinging a bunch of blame and vitriol and all this other stuff around online right now but maybe just throw some kind words out there for people because yeah, they I, had a hard day yesterday and it's not getting yeah, any easier I, there's there's like in a couple of things i've seen that i want to talk about in terms of people saying things that probably aren't very helpful first off is not to say oh they should have fired x instead look don't don't do that don't wish other people to have to have gone through what people went through yesterday i guarantee you the people who got laid off don't want them to just start firing people just because. That's not going to help anybody. And second is, you know, this is something I we maybe it's because a couple of years back, uh, the two people on this podcast and everybody else we work with got laid off. You know, we know how that feels. Yeah. And we found out about it like a few days before it was going to happen. I mean, yeah. it wasn't they didn't give us a heads up. And if. If we hadn't heard the inklings about it, we probably wouldn't have known. No, they, they literally would have just dropped it on us and boom. It was just and, done deal. Yeah, so the these kind of is, jobs, yeah, you know, they're, they 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 can they can be taken from you really quickly. Just if you can help people find a new place to be, that's great. But you know, being telling people to you know making people feel worse is not gonna fix the situation part of um, what made what happened to us bearable was the fact that immediate like over the course of those couple of days and for the several days after we had the community behind us pushing us along telling us we were great telling us we could keep doing what we were doing and making sure that we could keep doing what we were doing and i can't really emphasize how much or how great that felt that there were all of these people that were still, you know, gunning for us. Like, like they, they really wanted us to keep going when the rug had been pulled out from underneath us. And having that kind of support, I there's no other feeling like that in the world. And that's the kind of thing that when I say, you know, throw out some kind words for these people, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Because that's what they need right now, really. Um, it's, it's not a great feeling. <laughs> it is not a great feeling. And I'm laughing. And the only reason I'm laughing is because that's how I cope with unpleasant things. So, you know, that's, that's just what's going on here. Um, Blizzard is focused on putting out more games. Activision is focused on putting out more games. They are supposedly going to hire 20. I think they're going to increase their development team by, I think they said 20%. And they're going to st start pumping out more titles. What those titles are going to look like, don't know. Um, they're going to involve the existing IPs, though. We have been told that. We know that Diablo Immortal is coming out for mobile. Apparently, there's something mobile in development for Warcraft as well, and possibly even Overwatch. They seem to really emphasize the mobile side of things. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I kind of have to wait and see what they come out with. But, I mean, for today, this sucked, guys. <laughs> like, flat out, this just sucked. So show some yeah. love for the people, okay? Um, yeah. And if, you know, if you, there's, there's already stuff online, you know, helping to point people towards new places to go, and that's always good. This yeah, is there's something been an horrible. outpouring, there's an, been an outpouring of game companies going, hey, by the way, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. So I fully expect all these people are going to land on their feet. And it's not just because people are offering jobs left and right. It's because when you work at a company like Blizzard, you have to be kind of extraordinary to, to, to work at a company like Blizzard. And when you're back out there, on, that's, that's kind of like a mark of honor on your resume. So I, I, don't, I don't think any of these people are going to have any problems being snapped up elsewhere, really. But yeah, it uh, doesn't mean that it doesn't sting. Yeah, I would, there's a lot more that I'd want to say about it, but I do think we have a show to do. 
Yeah. So yeah. rather than say all that stuff, I'm just going to say, you know, God let's go ahead to everybody. And, yeah. Let's yeah. go ahead and move on. Um, Love is in the Air launched in World of Warcraft yesterday. Um, you, you can tell because you didn't get the love rocket. Yeah, you can tell because you, you didn't get the love. It's, I didn't do any dungeons yesterday. Oops, I missed one of my, like, infinitesimally small chances at that stupid rocket. I right. The thing is, you know I don't want the thing for myself. I'm no. not like a big mount person. No. But every time I do it with my wife and she doesn't get it, I feel like just awful for her because she's been trying to get this thing for years now. Um, I honestly, I, I really feel like RNG is one of those things where I understand why it exists. I get that it, it has positive out aspects and as a game designer, there's reasons you'd want to use it. But it would not be a bad idea to put some of these mounts on vendors and let people have them after all this time. I know people are still trying to get the Brewfest mount. Still. The Brewfest after mount? After years. Yeah, like if which one of the two. There's two Brewfest mounts. There's the Ram and there's the Kodo. If you're oh, the ones the that drop off a dire brew. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the same kind of thing. I thought you could um, purchase those now. I, I must be not wrong. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But, I mean, if you could, good. That's actually a, a good change, and you should consider it for the Love Rocket. And you but it's like the it Headless Horseman's mount, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know people who've got it. Um, I, here's, here's a quick story. I remember doing that run with a bunch of friends who wanted to get it. And this was this was just after they made the change because you used to be able to just like switch on to new characters and keep farming him over and over again. You could run all your alts through and then other people could get their characters and you could just keep doing it all day. Um, and this was before that was before the mounts were count by uh, count wide. Uh, but the year it changed the year that you, you started getting it from like, I think it's a pumpkin or something that, would, that drops off of him when you do it like the first time for the quest. Yeah. It's like a goodie bag thing that drops off of him the first yeah. time you complete it. And I remember doing it uh, with a bunch of friends, none of whom had it, all of whom wanted it. And I got it and I didn't particularly want it. Plus one of those people was my wife. So yeah, I've always felt like the RNG of these things can drive people to madness. And it's no, it's no long strange trip, which has its own problems, but at least with long strange trip, you know, you know, you're working to get it and eventually you might get it. Whereas this, you could never get it. Like you could seriously just never Long get Strange it. Trip isn't really reliant on a random drop. Um, this is just a random drop. And the thing is, is it has changed a little bit this year. I know last year they made a change where you had to be level 98 or above to get the heart-shaped box from the apothecary encounter. Um, is that up to 110 this year? Yeah, it's up to 110 because obviously the level cap increased so everybody can be 120 now. So they've bumped it up to you have to be 110 or higher to get the heart-shaped box. And then it has like a an infinitesimally small percentage chance of dropping out of the heart-shaped box. So if you have multiple alts that are at 110 or above, go ahead and run them through once a day. You got a shot once a day for two weeks and then it's done. Um, if you get it, cool. If you don't, sorry. I mean... Would I like that mount? Yeah, because I would like another number on my mount collection. Would I ride it around? No. I don't think it's particularly pretty. <laughs> but See, that's I, just me. Uh, the I would other... ride it around, but just because I'm one of those people that rides around really big, annoying mounts. Yeah. So. Uh, the other thing that's changed with Love is in the Air this year is there is a new Love is in the Air themed Hearthstone. Uh, they seem to be doing that. Like every holiday has a new Hearthstone, has a new themed Hearthstone now. And I remember I they did the one for winter. I don't remember. I they didn't did know one they for had Winter one. Vale. They did one for the Lunar Festival. And now they've done one for Love is in the Air. You can purchase it for, I think it's 150 love tokens. So if you've gotten all of the other toys and everything that you could get from Love is in the Air, go knock out some of the daily quests and things, get your tokens, get your Hearthstone. It just adds it to your toy box. If you're looking to add another thing to your toy box, um, I like the Hearthstone thing. I like that they have this whole theme thing that they're doing where they're like, here's a spiffy Hearthstone. Because originally your Hearthstone was just your Hearthstone. And I think there was, um, it was a card in the original Warcraft trading card game where it was a special dark portal themed Hearthstone where if you used it, the dark portal would like pop up around you as you hearthed. And that was the first time they had any kind of alternate hearthstone. And then when they introduced archaeology, you got the innkeeper's daughter, which sometimes summoned a ghost dwarf that would just sort of show up at random. Um, and then as the years have gone on, they've added like a few of these. Uh, the one that I'm using right now, I'm still using the Diablo one from the Diablo event, just because I like it. I think it's pretty. Um, 
But yeah, I like the fact that the holidays are throwing in all of these additional ones. That's it, though, for Love is in the Air. They haven't really added any new quests or anything. Um, I don't know about you, but there's one thing that I wish that they would do. I wish that they would give us more color variants for the clothes. Because we've had those same colors available since the holiday started. I think in general, they should just add more stuff every holiday. Like every time they bring the holiday back, it should be some new stuff. Um, even yeah. if it's little stuff. That's why I think that the Hearthstones are cool. Even though I don't personally care, it's still something new. Mm-hmm. And if they added just one little new thing every time, it would just it would do a lot to make them feel fresh and less like, oh, God, that again. It's been another year already. Jeez. And now it's like, oh, I can get that thing. I didn't, you know, it just I they like the idea of feeling like they're adding a little something every time. Yeah. Especially as some of the holidays have gotten kind of weird. Yeah. Like the Headless Horseman one or or um the the Midsummer one with like Lord Ahoon and, and all that. It's just like what? Lord Ahoon? What does he know Ragnaros is gone? Like did, did anyone bother to inform him? Like there's no purpose to this. Your mission is is over. You guy you can't kill the guy, he's not there. So it's I do feel like that just adding new stuff every holiday would be the way to go. And I do like that. That's why I do like the Hearthstones. And I'm interested in what they do for other holidays with those. Sigmund in the chat channel says, don't forget the ethereal portal from the card game. I totally forgot about that one. Uh, that was the other trading card game item that they had. It was it popped up an ethereal portal around you as you hearthed. That was another one of those alternate hearthstones. Anyway, regardless, love is in the air. It's here for a couple of weeks. If you feel like doing it, go ahead and do it. If you don't, don't bother. It's fine. Um, I would suggest, though, that if you are leveling alts, the daily quests that they have for Love is in the Air, they actually offer a pretty substantial amount of XP, and they don't take a lot to finish. So that might be worth checking out if you're looking for a boost to your leveling at any rate. Overwatch League Season 2. Guess what? Yeah, it's tomorrow, isn't it? It's starting tomorrow. I'm looking really forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, there's going to be a total of four or five week stages, basically, um, leading into the postseason. We have the new teams this year. There's eight new teams, the Atlanta Reign, Paris Eternal, Toronto Defiant, Washington Justice, Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge, Hanzhou Spark. I probably pronounced those names wrong and I apologize. I guarantee you by the end of season two, I will have them nailed down. And then also the Vancouver Titans. So... It's those 12 teams plus the new ones, and they're going to play a 28-match schedule. It's down from the 40-game schedule from the previous season, but that means that these teams will be getting a little more breathing room in between matches, and hopefully they won't be quite as stressed out as they were last year because I tell you what, by the end of the season, I'd, I, don't, I don't know how those guys kept up with it all. I really don't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the new team schedule. I'm looking forward to everything that is you know, going to be, I'm looking forward. I'm just looking forward to seeing it again. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I miss the Overwatch League. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Have you, uh, do do you, have you, did you watch Overwatch League last year or no? Just the last game. I watched the, uh, you know, the London Spitfires um, win because they were the London Spitfires and I was interested. I'm, for me, the Overwatch League is more something to watch catch up than it is to watch when it's streaming. Yeah, uh, I don't have the attention span for an actual streaming match of anything, but I like watching the highlights afterwards. Uh, I like seeing the plays. Some of the plays are crazy. Like uh, I still remember from last year's like the the finals, um, watching as like it went down to like one guy versus the other entire opposing team, and you thought it was all over, and then that one guy beat the entire opposing team. That was um, one of I've the never, best plays. That was one of the most standout plays of the season. I, it was fantastic. I'm never going to forget that because it was like, what is happening? How is this happening? And that's when you talk about professional esports players and why it's not just dudes playing video games. You know, people are like, oh, it just plays a video game. I could do that. No, you couldn't. Not no, on that level. You couldn't. <laughs> Maybe like once in a blue moon if you are real lucky. But these guys do yeah. it consistently. They are on another level entirely. It's insane to watch. watch watching that play, I, I remember sitting to myself thinking, I don't even understand how a human being has that reaction time. Like, it was un- unbelievable. This combination of strategy of, you know, knowing how to use the area to his advantage, knowing how to, like, pick people off at the right time so maximum confusion it was unbelievable anyway 
Overwatch League Season 2. It kicks off tomorrow at 5 p.m. with a rematch between the Philadelphia Fusion and the London Spitfire. Um, if you watch the finals, Spitfire won, obviously. So we get to see them go head-to-head again as the first game of Season 2. And I can't wait to see that. But more importantly... There are other matchups, obviously, throughout the day. Uh, the New York Excelsior will be hit. It will be uh, playing against the Boston Uprising. Seoul Dynasty will be playing against the LA Gladiators. And then at 9:30, and I'm really looking forward to this. The Shanghai Dragons are going to be playing, and they're going to be playing the Spark, um, who is, I think, the only new team that's playing on that initial starting day. I can't wait to watch the Dragons play again, and I want to see them win some games. I'm sorry. I, I'm kind of like a diehard Dragons fan. I, I can't help it. I, I love an underdog, and I want to see them not be an underdog this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um, the full schedule is available over on overwatchleague.com. If you want to know when the matchups are going to be, they'll be streaming on Twitch. It's going to be great. I think... Did we have anything else? Well, okay. There's a couple of little things to talk about that are more World of Warcraft related. I don't know if you saw what Wowhead has been up to, but Wowhead has been doing some digging on the 8.1.5 PTR, and as of the latest build, a couple of interesting things have come out. First up, Kul Tiran and Zandalari allied races, they have their own unique dances. Did you see that? No, I did not. Yeah, they have their own dances. The male and female models have their own unique dances. This is the first allied race that's had that actually implemented in-game. All of the other ones, it's like... The Lightforged Draenei, they just do the Draenei dance. The Void Elves, they do the Blood Elf dance. I literally just had this uh, Dark Iron Dwarf doing the dance for like the past it's, five minutes. It's the Dwarf dance, so, yeah? Yeah, it's just the Dwarf dance. It's the River dance. It's not really a River dance when you are yourself on fire, but yeah, it's still <laughs> basically just the River dance thing. So yeah, there's two new sets of dances. Um, Wowhead made videos of all four variants. Uh, the Quiltier and Female, I, the, some references have been uncovered as far as where they came from. The Colteran male is doing a dance that's inspired by the Mr. Thickman video, which is like, it's a trilogy of videos that came out on the internet. It's really weird. You can look it up on YouTube if you want to, but totally suitable for the model. He looks great. Um, the Colteran female does a ballet routine that is absolutely, it's a really cool looking ballet routine. The only complaint that I have with it is it's like, three maybe four moves and then it starts all over again so it's real short it's like a real short kind of repetitive thing That's the male yeah the male troll model has a new dance and i don't think anybody has dug up the reference for that one as of yet it's kind of you know some side kicks and and like they're moving their arms down. You, you just have to see it in motion i can't really like trying to describe it with words is stupid especially when i don't know what the references for it that one i'm okay with but again it's kind of short and i don't think that it one-ups the original the dark spear troll male dance because you can't top the handstand that's the coolest one i don't know how you feel about that it's not peanut butter jelly time so it loses and then the last dance the zandalari female dance is apparently it's the guara guara it's a south african dance move i've never heard of it because I'm not really up on dance. I'm sorry, guys. I'm about as graceful as a buffalo. But I really like this one. I think it's really cool. I think it fits that model really well. The thing that makes me excited about this, though, is that if these allied races got new dances, does that mean we're going to see that happen for the other allied races eventually? That would be nice. That way the, the night, night, uh, Nightborn would stop doing the Night Elf dance. It doesn't make sense that they, they've changed everything. Their culture is completely divorced from Calderai society. It's completely different and new, but we still do the same dance. Why? It's a good dance. That Okay. Why are you river dancing in lava? What else would I river dance in? We don't have water in here, man. Just lava. So yeah, I, 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 I would like to see them have new dances just to differentiate them better. I'm kind of hoping that they'll add those over time. It would be cool. Um, I'm not 100% sold on the idea that they are going to do that, but I mean... We'll see what happens. They took the extra step with the Kul'Tiran and the Zandalar, so maybe we'll see them go back and do something extra for the other allied races. I would be really happy about that. I think that'd be great. All right, um, confirmed right here, dance studio. <laughs> that's the thing. I just want the dance studio. Like, that's it. I just want... All this boils down to me saying, 
I want the dance studio. You've literally been promising us this for over 10 years, guys. Oh, my gosh. See, and the thing is, is like, okay, so back in Wrath of the Lich King at the Wrath of the Lich King reveal trailer, they had, it was like this little splash of slides that came up. And this was the reveal trailer. It wasn't the trailer with Arthas where it was like, Arthas, my son, or whatever, right? It wasn't that one. It was the one where they initially announced Wrath of the Lich King. At the end, they were going through the slides of things that that were going to be in the expansion one of those slides said new hairstyles and the other one said new dances we never got new dances we never did and then and we've never let it go either and we've never let it go (laughs) i'm still not letting it go i'm holding it close to my heart because i would like to see it happen someday um one of the other things to come out of the 8.1.5 ptr in the latest build two new mounts have been data mined there is a horde horse and an alliance wolf. And no. I mentioned the alliance wolf last time, remember? Mm-hmm. But how you get it has been uncovered. So there's the alliance wolf. It's a wolf kitted out in full alliance armor. There's a horde horse, which is a Colterian looking horse model with full horde plate armor on it. Those are you'd think that you would get those from PvP, but you don't. What you what you get them from is a new achievement called Two Sides to Every Tale. That achievement requires you to complete A Nation United and Tides of Vengeance on the Alliance and Zandalar Forever and Tides of Vengeance on the Horde. So if you have leveled to max on both sides of the faction fence and you've completed all the story quests and you've completed the war campaign when you log in on eight po- at 8.1.5, you should have these mounts waiting for you. So you will. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> But yeah, I'm now, um, I'm now debating getting my torrent all the way up now. You should, you totally should, because the quest chain is totally worth it. I wasn't sure when I started playing Battle for Azeroth. I switched my Horde character over to Alliance side because I really wanted to see all the Kulturist stuff, and I figured I would get to the Zandalar stuff when I got to it. I played through all the Kulturist stuff, and I thought it was an incredible story. It had an amazing ending. The Siege of Boralus was kind of a pain to complete, but I did it. You helped me do it. I did it, and it was worth it. And then I went and played it on the Horde side. It is an entirely different experience. It is an entirely different story. There is no crossover. It's it's just, it's like two completely different stories. I mentioned this in, in uh, I, I put something together. I think it's, if it's not live on the website right now, it will be live at some point. There's this whole thing about duality in Battle for Azeroth, and it's reflected all the way down to the Collector's Edition. If you have the physical Collector's Edition for Battle for Azeroth, what do you have? You have a coin that has two distinct sides on it, and you have a book, and the book is a double-sided book. One side has one story, you flip the book over, and it's the other side of the story. That's what the game is right now. That's what Battle for Azeroth is. There are two completely different stories that you play. Do they cross over at points? Yes, they absolutely do. But when you're leveling, it's two completely different tales. And it makes leveling an alt so much more worth it because you're not bored. You just, you aren't bored. You know what I mean? I understand. So yeah, if you haven't played a character on the other faction, I recommend doing it just from a story standpoint because I'm one of those people who's like super gung-ho about lore and I think everybody should experience all of the story and I really like the story on both sides here. It's it's two distinctly different stories, but they're they're both great. They're both fantastic. I couldn't tell you which one I liked better. It's it's kind of a toss-up for me, really. Um there are parts I like better on both sides. If you have played through all of this stuff, grats, you're going to get a couple of mounts and they're really cool looking actually. If you haven't played through this stuff, I really recommend that you play through the opposite side because right now if you're just playing through on one faction, you're kind of playing half the game. The other half of the game is over on alliance side or horde side depending on what you're playing right now and it's kind of worth going to check it out. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I don't know about you. Uh, I have different feelings about it, but I don't. I'm not arguing anything you're saying is wrong. I just have my own reasons for not particularly wanting to play Horde or think about Horde stuff. It's you know just a personal thing. It, it everybody enjoys different aspects. I I can't get into 
what the horde is doing right now i think if we get to a certain point and it felt like the horde wasn't doing it then i might be more interested but right now it's just not my thing uh that's one of the problems i've had with this expansion i'd like battle for azeroth in a lot of ways i think it's really well done but this isn't a story i wanted at this time so it always makes me feel kind of tired and not happy to see certain aspects of it that's why i stopped leveling my tauren i wanted to level him all the way but I just got to a certain point, so I was like, oh, yeah, now we're doing that, huh? Great. Uh, okay. When a story makes me feel that way, I don't want to keep doing it. Yeah. So it, it's, like I said, there's nothing, you know, it's not that I think it's not well done. I just sometimes, sometimes you don't want to watch a really good movie if it's going to make you cry or make you angry. And you're just like, I don't feel like having that experience right now. That's kind of, the, this was a weird time in the world for this game to come out. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, maybe it's a little too close for me. So yeah, but yeah, I, I don't think it's bad or anything. I just it's I may do it just to finally get through. I mean, because the other problem is I did I leveled to like max level on the when the beta was out, so I've had the experience once. So it always feels like I'm pushing a rock uphill to do it again. I I am not good at leveling more than one character. Um, that's why I have like I've got a ton of warriors, but I do that through sheer bloody mindedness. It's like once I've done it once, I always feel weird doing it again. That's I know of course I've I've cheated by making all my horde characters also warriors, so it's it's not like that'll be a problem. Well, I mean both of my alliance and horde characters are rogues because I can't get away from the rogue life. It chose me back in Burning Crusade. I love it. Anyway, regardless, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get it. I do get it. At the same time, I can't emphasize how much I really liked the story so far in Battle for Azeroth. Even the war campaign, the stuff in the Horde war campaign is super hard to swallow because it involves things from way back in Warcraft lore. So I'm sitting there doing all these quests and things, and I don't know how many times my jaw just dropped at what was happening. I wasn't happy about it, but I was kind of giddy anyway, just because I was like, I I don't know what the fallout is going to be from this, but it's going to be crazy. Whatever it is, it's going to be crazy. There's some crazy things going on. And that made me happy. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just kind of remove myself from that sort of thing and just look at stories as stories. Maybe that's just me. Anyway, regardless, do we have anything else to talk about news-wise? I don't think so. I mean, those are the big things that happened this week. Okay, let's go ahead and hop into emails then. If you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Be sure to put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's intended for this show. Um, we can always use more emails. It doesn't have to be Warcraft related. It could be related to anything. Anything Blizzard related. Anything at all. We will answer anything and everything. Alright, I'm going to jump into the first email here. My apologies, folks, by the way. This is just kind of a general aside. If my voice sounds really weird, I've got a cold and I'm coughing like crazy when I'm not actually speaking. So if I sound a little funny, that would be why. But let's go ahead and jump into um, the emails here. First one is from Spry Sprocket, who's a no more lock on Proudmore US. They say, greetings, watchers. Short question this time. Thank you, Spry Sprocket. If we end up having to take out Bolvar in the near future, and there always needs to be a Lich King, who would be the best choice to replace him? either for in-universe reasons or who would be the most interesting story-wise? Or would it be better off just letting the remaining Scourge run free? Sprice Brocket. My Death Knight. Oh, really? I, I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but at the same time, it almost feels like that would be the proper choice, since my Death Knight was literally the Death Lord. Um, so so was, you know, everybody's Death Knight. I understand that. But it does it, it does feel a little bit like they prop put you into the position of being the successor to the Lich King. Failing that, um, Darian Mograine's a pretty solid choice. For one thing, we get to hear more Talos and Jaffe talking. Uh, for for seconds, he he's also he's currently the head of the Four Horsemen. Uh, he's practically like the direct subordinate to the Death Lord and thus to the Lich King, because the Four Horsemen work for the Lich King directly. They're not actually working for the Death Lord. They're working for the Lich King. So he seems like a good candidate. Um, I know a lot of people are expecting me to say somebody else, but I don't. Like I've said before, I don't see her as a Lich King or Lich Queen or whatever. I, I feel like she does things her own way, and those those ways are not necessarily the Scourge way. So I'm not saying Sylvanas for that reason. Okay, so I'm not going to argue with you that it would be a delight to hear more Talos and Jaffe speaking as Darian Mograine, but I don't want to see him as the Lich King. And 
I'm going to point out something here that might be kind of controversial, but it's, I think I've pointed this out before. Um, who told us that the, there always needs to be a Lich King? Who was the first person that brought that up? Uh, the first person that brought it up was uh, the ghost of... Uh, I, I'm trying to say his name, and I can't remember. Uh, why can't I remember his name? He's one of the most famous... Uther. Uther. Mm-hmm. Uther the Lightbringer. We've, we've talked before. If you're saying he's not reliable, I totally agree with you. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to point out here, is it was the ghost of Uther who said that there always needs to be a Lich King. He said it in a dungeon in Ice Crown Citadel, or on the outskirts of Ice Crown Citadel. Meanwhile... There's another Uther. There's another ghost Uther. It's a ghost Uther that's in the Western Plaguelands, where he should be at his... So which Uther is the correct Uther? Which one is the one one that's actually, like... Uther? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would think that the the one in the tomb in the Eastern Plaguelands, Uther's tomb there, Mm -hmm. uh, I would think that that would be him. And so, yeah... I don't know why Uther was at the sword. Like, he shouldn't have been there. Uh, so maybe the sword sense, is self-perpetuating but... and wanted to start that rumor so that there would always be a Lich King so that whatever entity lies in that particular thing could keep doing what it needed to be doing. That That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, folks. That's what I'm saying here. <laughs> I don't think there yeah, always needs to be a Lich King. I don't think there does. I think whatever entity rests in there and makes the Lich King the Lich King would like us to believe that there should always be a Lich King because it but wants see, that's to what, keep existing. That would make us go back to the Death Lord as the natural successor to the Lich King, though, I because know, he's currently right? got that sword. Uh, or she. My, my Death Lord was Well, it was might girl, not be the so. sword. It might be a combination of the sword and the helm. I don't know. Maybe, it's this you know weird I mean? thing that Kil'jaeden crafted and its what? origins before Kil'jaeden slapped the thing together. Uh, we don't know. Well, here's my thinking. Once, once the, when, if Bolvar was to be taken out, once the hat goes off of Bolvar, then you know the Death Lord were to put the hat on, they'd have the complete set. They'd have all the Lich King accoutrement, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there is a natural successor because I, I always thought, why, why are we like, why, why don't we just try letting them run rampant and killing them as they try to leave the glacier? Because most of them are on the glacier, and it's not like if they, you know. One of the things that happened when Bolvar put the helmet on was the plague lands immediately got less plaguey, not because he was doing anything to control them, but because he wasn't doing anything to control them. Without him there enforcing anything, that the scourge turned on itself and began fighting. There, because there are other intelligent members of the scourge. They're not free willed because the Lich King's controlling them, but they have in they can think. He does have thinking servants. In fact. Doesn't it even say, I think, in the Arthas book that thinking servants provide the most power? I believe like, so. So that's one of the things we saw when, when the Lich King wasn't directly leading the Scourge because he was busy sitting on top of Icecrown Citadel getting used to being the Lich King. Um, they started fighting amongst themselves, and some of them were like, no, I'm in charge now. And then others were like, no, you're not. And they, they fought each other. I don't see any reason they couldn't just do that until they were all gone. Um, but, you know, some people don't believe that. So who knows? Regardless, I, I... it's a good question, and I think that that question of the Lich King and who the Lich King is and what Bolvar is up to and all of that other stuff, I feel like that's something that we're going to have to address real soon. And oh, yeah. I don't I... think it's something that we're going to address in a patch. I'm thinking we're going to have no. like a return to Wrath or whatever at some point. Well, I mean, the very fact that they, they introduced Talia this expansion. I know, right? That that feels like we're going to see more about Bolvar as Bolvar and not as the Lich King. Especially um, since she nice. talked to Anduin and he put a pin in that conversation and said, we'll get back to you later. And you should come visit me in Stormwind. He hasn't gotten back to her yet, so... I, I think that that's, that's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Um, Epic Lurker in the chat channel points out, I thought it was Arthas' father who said there must always be a Lich King. Yeah, Terranus did during the um, Lich King encounter, but prior to that when you go to the um the dungeon quests that lead up to doing Ice Crown Citadel, those three dungeons that you do, one of them, the last one that you go into where Halls you Halls of Reflection. Yeah, Halls of Reflection when you go in initially, um, and Frostmourne is sitting there. I don't I don't know if it happens does it happen on Horde side? I know yes. on Alliance if, if you side. Go up, yeah, if you go up on Alliance side it's Jaina. If you go up on Horde side, Sylvanas still gets the spiel. She gets Uther. Yep. Uther has a chit chat with her. It's, anyway. It's less 
Uther pops it's less, out. Of, it's less warm and friendly, but yeah. Yeah, Uther pops out of the sword and he says, "There needs, to, there must always be a Lich King." Apparently, Uther has been having a lot of chit chats with Terranus in in the blade because when Terranus pops out later, he says the same thing, unless they're the same thing, and by which I mean the same entity, and by which I mean that's not a dead spirit at all. That's whatever thing. Anyway, you you know what that means though. What? If, if we accept that both Uther and Terranus weren't really Uther and Terranus, it means that the sword raised us from the dead. Yeah, that'd be weird. Okay, no, 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 no think it's about probably it. Terranus, wouldn't it? Oh. No, no, think about this. Think about this. If the sword raised us from the dead, and it did so after it got broken by Tyrion, it means getting broken didn't do anything to its power, first up. Secondly, it means the sword it won the sword wanted Arthas to lose. I was going to say at that point it probably wasn't happy with Arthas cuz his grand plans weren't working. But think about it might be oh! saying that Arthas was always set up to fail. Man, okay. So this is all mm, that's a good point. This is all conversation that should probably be reserved for Lore Watch though. I was just thinking we're going to turn it to Lore Watch now guys. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we should go ahead and move on to the next email. So thank you, Surprise Rocket, for that email. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next one. This is from Idina, who says, Dear Blizzard Watch, first things first, happy 200 plus shows and happy fourth anniversary to Blizzard Watch. Thank you. My question to you is this. If you ever got a WoW tattoo, what would you get tattooed and why? I'm asking as I've just had my first tattoo last week, and I'm now looking at getting a WoW tattoo since I got to, or since, I can't believe I'm saying this, this Wrath baby has been playing for over nine years now. So, Rossi, if you were going to get a WoW tattoo, what would you get? Well, I, I do have tattoos. I have, like, four tattoos. Well, yeah, um, I got a couple myself, but... Uh, in terms of them, I'm I'm 47 years old, guys. <laughs> I'm kind of past the point where I get tattoos. Um, if I were going to get a tattoo, I would get a tattoo of Ashkandi. Because, you know... I think it is pretty much. Color me absolutely not surprised. (laughs) Yeah, I have two obsessions in this game. World of Warcraft, I have two obsessions. One is Warriors, one is Ashkandi. Um, That would basically probably be, I'd probably sit down and try and design a tattoo that like maybe had my shoulders in it, had Ashkandi in it, had some other cool warrior related stuff. Um, You know, but, but it would probably be heavily based around Ashkandi. So I have two tattoos. One of them is a little dragon sitting on a crescent moon. And the other one is... A an often stark reminder that I shouldn't do stupid things in my 20s. Um, it's faded, almost gone, unrecognizable, and it was unrecognizable the moment I got it. I drew both of them, by the way. I drew both of my tattoos um, because I wanted my artwork on my body forever. I thought it'd be cool. One of them turned out great. The other one did not, which is why you don't go to your neighbor's house because he happens to have a tattoo gun. I did stupid things when I was in my 20s. I think that's kind of when you have to do the stupid things. Anyway... Regardless, if I got another tattoo, I don't think that I would get anything directly World of Warcraft related per se. I don't think. I I don't know. I mean, if I did, it would just be some kind of design. It wouldn't be any kind of like character or armor piece or weapon or whatever. I'd just find some design that I liked and get that done. And I couldn't tell you what that would be because I hadn't really thought about that, honestly. I don't know. I think Ash Candy makes a lot of sense for you, though. Yeah, I mean, really, come on. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Next email. I don't see a name attached to this email, so um, apologies for that. But uh, I think this is probably going to be your last email. I'm not sure. It says, Blizzard Watcher folks, has there been any further news about a Blizzard... Diablo Netflix show. I remember it was one of the rumors for a while there. Did anything come of it? Uh, No one has said anything further about it to my knowledge. Uh, Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. I have not heard a peep about that. Um, People were expecting to hear some kind of whispered something or other at BlizzCon. Like a hint of something at BlizzCon. And it didn't happen. Um, Since then, obviously, we haven't really heard anything on the Diablo front. Yeah, the last I heard about that, there was the rumor that was sparked off of a dude who'd had like credits on other shows saying that he had gotten a job involving Diablo. And then he took that tweet down and nothing has been said about it since. Um if if that's still going, I don't know about it. I haven't heard anything about it. 
I, this is not me saying I don't want it. This is me saying literally I know nothing about it. Yeah, and, and that's really all we can say is there hasn't been any news on it. And we know about as much about it as you guys do, which is to say nothing at all. Um, when is E3 this year? Do you know? Soon, but I don't know when. Uh, I keep thinking I that if they do a Diablo 4 announcement, it'll happen at E3. But then I'm also thinking... I wonder if that's a place, the kind of place where they would announce something like that. I don't think they would, though, because that's kind of, it's a really big, it's a gaming convention. So Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to to announce it at E3 unless they were literally about to go with it anyway. Like if it was about to go live. Or if Activision was starting their own streaming service or something. Because a lot of companies want to get in on the streaming stuff. Uh, I don't... I don't expect to hear about Diablo 4 at E3. Um, if they are working on Diablo 4 and have an announcement for it, I am not expecting it before Gamescom. I just straight up am not. The two places they seem to do announcements nowadays are Gamescom or, Blizzard, or uh, BlizzCon. They don't seem to announce anything else at any other time that I can think of. PAX sometimes, but... Sometimes PAX, but even then the PAX Heroes. stuff is usually after an announcement. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was just Heroes, really, that they announced at PAX, like Heroes stuff. Did they announce yeah. Overwatch stuff at PAX? I can't remember. I think they might have, but that was after they'd done the, the big mic drop at BlizzCon. That was the first any of us had heard about Overwatch was that BlizzCon. They they had kept it way under wraps. Nobody had heard anything about it until they literally said, oh, yeah, the world needs heroes. Durr showed the movie and, uh, you know, dropped the, dropped the mic on us. So That I don't... was one of my favorite moments at any BlizzCon ever. Yeah, was being there and watching that. It was insane. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's going to wrap us up for emails because I don't think we have time to go. There's another email in here, but it is so long. You guys, if you do send us an email, try and keep it brief because we do read these aloud on the show. And when my voice is as crazy as it is right now, I don't want to read a novel. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll go ahead and hold that one in next week and maybe we'll address it. But um. Until then, if you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Be sure to put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. Blizzard Watch! It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Rossi, anything to add? No, I mean, you know, uh, it's been a week, and the week is now half over. Um, there's hoping nothing else tremendously huge happens, just so we can, you know, have a couple days of breather, I would think. That would be nice. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. That'd be great. I'm looking forward to Overwatch League Season 2 starting up tomorrow. Um, I Or see... yesterday, if you're listening to this recorded. Yeah, if you're listening to this recorded on Friday, hey, guess what? The Overwatch League, it already season two already started. You missed yesterday's games. Go catch up on them. But um, I, I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that the Overwatch League was starting tomorrow. Anyway, regardless, thanks, you guys, as always, for listening. And we will see you again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.